is from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, and it can be found on page 1219 in the Church Bibles. 1 Peter 3, verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Into the published program. Um, the second reading will be Mark 5, um, verses 21 to 34, but can still be found on page 1007 of your um, Bibles. That's Mark 5, verses 21 to 34. When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat on the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, called Jairus, came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you ask, what, who touched you? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Ruth, as um, Adam has already told you who I am. Um, and I'm just hopefully going to share a few thoughts with you this morning. 
But first of all, I just wanted to start with a little personal research. And um, you see here I have a glass. And if you think that glass is half full, can you please give a big shout yes? Okay, so let's... Hey, that's pretty good. I've been dying to have a drink for ages. So the glass can be half full. Some people might see it as half empty. Um, I just googled half full, half empty glass. So the optimist will say that the glass is half full. Remember, this is not a personality test, just in case you thought it was half empty. The pessimist will say that the glass is half empty. The engineer, have we got David Snape here? No. The engineer will say that the glass is two times bigger than it needs to be. <laughs> the politician will say that the glass would be more empty if the opposition were in charge. And the IT support person will say that you should try emptying the glass and then refilling it. So, what has this got to do with our reading this morning? Oh, this woman that Jesus met in Mark's Gospel. As Adam said, we've been already looking at different encounters that Jesus had, has had with people in the first few chapters of Mark. So if you could just open your Bibles at page 1007, Mark chapter 5. And thank you, Helen, for reading the correct um, reading. I think this poor woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, to her the glass was more than half empty. You see, when a woman has been bleeding, the laws in Leviticus of the Old Testament say that she was unclean. And she hadn't just been bleeding for one week a month. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. She was unclean. She couldn't be touched because she was unclean. The chair that she sat on was unclean. Her bed was unclean. In a sense, this woman was isolated from everybody who loved her and wanted to love her. Can you imagine what her life was like? I'm actually going to call, call her Miriam, because rather than keep saying this woman, this woman, we'll give her a name. It's probably not the correct one, but I thought it was quite a Jewish sounding name, so we'll call her Miriam. If you look at verse 26, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. Do you know, thank God for our doctors. Thank God for our NHS. Um, we expect them to be gods, nearly, to always get everything right. Um, but they do their best for us, and we just thank them for that. But this woman had suffered um, under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Was her glass half full or half empty? And then we read on in verse 27, she heard about Jesus. 
She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. That encounter with Jesus changed her life, brought her hope. Did you come here this morning expecting and hoping that you were coming to have an encounter with Jesus? Or were you just coming because, well, Isabel's getting baptized, so the family have come along? Or Sunday morning, we always go to church on a Sunday morning. The children love going to their Sunday groups. Or have you come here expectant and hoping to have an encounter with Jesus. So before we go any further, just let's pray and invite him to come and be with us. Father God, we have come together this morning here at St. Jude's as your family in South Sea. Please may we be willing to open ourselves up to your spirit as you meet us here. May you touch our lives in whatever way you want to as we worship and hear from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. This story of hope, Miriam's hope, how her life was changed because she met Jesus, is, is just one of many in the Bible. Um, I just picked out a few. What about Noah and the ark? The earth was going to be destroyed and all that was in it, and yet God saved Noah and his, and, and his, his um, family and all the animals so it could start afresh. What a wonderful story of hope. What about Joseph? Joseph, who was sent as a slave, sold as a slave to the Egyptians, and then ended up that he was able to rescue all his people because of the famine, and he had the power to give them food and bring them down to be with them in Egypt. Or what about David and Goliath? When the children of Israel were, were fighting against the Philistines, they were going to come and take them over. And yet little David with his five stones and his little sling able to kill the, the giant Goliath. Loads of stories about hope, how God brings hope into the lives of the children of Israel. And in fact, the whole of the Bible is a story of hope. It's a story of hope, not just for the children of Israel, but for all of us, for the whole world, because it tells us of God's plan for salvation for each one of us. Um, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 reminds us, it says, the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What a wonderful, loving God who gives the whole earth the hope of his salvation. So, Miriam is just one of the stories of hope whose lives were changed because they encountered Jesus. 
The next morning, she probably woke full of joy, full of hope. Her life had been changed, no more bleeding. Um, she could be touched. She could go out amongst her friends and family. And we often feel like that. I, I remember then sometimes as a family, we have gone to spring harvest many years ago or to new wine. And you just have that mountaintop experience with God. It's just so wonderful being with thousands and thousands of other Christians. And you're in this community for maybe five days. And it's just fantastic. And you don't want to leave. You're filled with hope because God has really touched you. And your life has been wonderful for those five days. And then you have to get in the car and queue up to get out of the car park. And you put on the radio and you listen to the news to see what's been happening in the world. Sometimes that hope dissipates and um, just the everyday drudgery of life takes over again. And I just wonder if that was the same with Miriam. You know, she was full of hope that next day. She was full of hope the next week. Um, but as the days went by, did she still remember about that encounter with Jesus? Um, did it make a real difference? Did she forget what happened to her? Um, did she maybe remember on her anniversary, as Isabel will, will get, receive her candle and be told maybe she'll, she can light it on the anniversary of her baptism, but is it just something to remember a year later or five years later? All the things that God has done for us. Sometimes it's hard to see that the glass is half full and to be thankful. Time passes, we forget those special moments when God has touched us. We know that not always is the glass half full. Life comes along, different situations happen, family events, world events, personal events. The book of Psalms in the Old Testament gives us many examples when the writer is going through difficult times. Psalm 6 verse 3, my soul is in anguish, in anguish. Psalm 10 verse 1, why, O Lord, do you stand off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 45, 43 verse 5, why are you cast down? O oh, my soul, why so disturbed within me? You see, it's, it's not an unusual thing. It's happened throughout history. Sometimes it's half full, that glass. Sometimes it's half empty. And that's just the way things go in the world. But I want us just to go away from this morning just with some little hints to remember to help us through those difficult times. Number one, let's count our blessings. You know, it always surprises me when I really put my mind through it. The next slide, um, James, I think. Um, when I put my mind to it, there are so many blessings that God has given me. 
And sometimes we start a prayer meeting and we start with praise and prayer. And after about two minutes, the praise and the thanks has stopped. And then we go on to ask God about this and that and the other thing and to pray about this problem and that problem and the other thing. But actually, you know, the whole prayer meeting should be about praise and prayer and giving thanks because God has done so much for us. Count your blessings. Even when times are really difficult, even when we're in the darkest despair, we have always something to thank God for. There's a story in the book of Daniel about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's about these three guys who refused to bow down and worship this golden image. They were only going to worship the one true God. And so King Nebuchadnezzar said, you're going to be thrown into that fiery furnace. And they actually said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from it, from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So even they knew God could rescue them. And even if God didn't rescue them, it didn't matter because they still served God. Their God was the one true God who loved them. And that's the same for us. No matter how deep the darkest valley we're in, God loves us and we need to hold on to that. Some of those songs we've sung today are some of my favorite ones. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. What a wonderful thing God has done for us, coming down that plan of salvation to come to rescue us. And it's only through his blood and righteousness on the cross that we can have hope in our lives today. And one of the other ones, he is our cornerstone. Jesus is our cornerstone. So count your blessings when times are bad. Engage with God daily. We need to receive nourishment for him. And, and one way I think we, and such an easy way of doing this is to have a favorite Bible verse, just to a fresh look at God's word. But sometimes we know some, we're really busy, but to have a favorite Bible verse in your mind, write it out, stick it on your computer. You can just look at it. Have that favorite Bible verse to hold on to, to engage with God throughout the day, to meditate upon it. A few weeks ago, um, Mike has had me up front here doing my story of hope, sort of giving my testimony in less than a minute. I'm not going to go through it again, but it was going to come up on the screen, hopefully, James. And it was the R was for relationship with Jesus. U was for understanding God's word and how God wanted me to live through reading his word. T was truth. 
Because one of the verses which I love in the Bible is Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only through Jesus that we can come to God. And the H was for hope. And that was the hope and the Bible verse I just love for that. And I will dwell in his house forever. Whatever happens in this world, we know that we have that wonderful promise to hold on to, that we will dwell in his house forever. So engage with God. Be open to him. Just like Miriam in our Bible story had to go and look for Jesus, had to go and touch Jesus, so we too have to go and engage with God in our lives. We need to accept him daily, invite him in, and spend time with him. There was action on her part. There has to be action on our part. And number three, engage with other Christians. That's what we're doing here this morning. We're meeting together to worship God, to hear from him and through his word, and to encourage each other. Many of us meet during the week as well in our different life groups. It's brilliant being able to meet together to encourage one another. In our secular world that we live in, we need to encourage one another and build each other up. It's really difficult sometimes being a Christian. So remember, try and engage with other Christians. And finally, one last hint is to remember the past. Just the way Izzy will look back and remember her baptism today. There are many things that we can remember in the past that are good. But if you're in a car and you're driving along the road, you need to see what's behind. You need to know what's going on, but it's a tiny little mirror. The big mirror is looking forward, looking ahead, looking out for the future, seeing what is to come. And I just think that's such a wonderful picture for us as Christians, for the hope that we have for what is to come, for our 10, 20, 40, 60, maybe some of you 80 years old, Whatever there is in this earth is just a little tiny blip compared to eternity. So when things are really bad, are really dark, remember we can look forward, look forward to the future because we know that God is good all the time. And whether we see the glass half empty or half full today, I pray that you may lift your eyes to Jesus and encounter him as Miriam did so that you too have that story of hope that you can share with others. And we're just going to listen to a song um, and it's a song by Matt Redmond, and it talks about one day. And hopefully you'll be able to hear the words, and they'll be up on the screen as well. And just listen to this song. We'll just listen to three minutes of it, and then I'll finish with a prayer. What a day of rejoicing that will be. But you know, we have Jesus with us now. We can rejoice now, even in the darkest moments,
we can rejoice because Jesus is with us. And I just want to finish with one of those favorite verses that I have that I can come back to time and time again. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.